Hello and welcome to another edition of Sunday Stories, where we tell the stories of the people who make North Church Guthrie such a special place to be. And this week, my guest is Donna Cambrice. Donna, thank you uh, for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, I, first off, I usually ask, uh, how'd you get involved with North Church Guthrie? Well, I had moved back to Oklahoma. And of course, Hetty, Greg is what I call him, um, is my nephew. So he had been asking me previously before I even moved back here, uh, if I ever came back to Oklahoma, would I help him with any projects he had going on? And at that time, I didn't know he would be at a church. So I told him, of course, I would. I would come and help him and, uh, in any way that I could. And then came back and found out he was at North Church. And uh, he had asked me to come up and uh, serve and get connected with people there because I'm from Guthrie. So, and we had already talked kind of about that, me going back and, you know, trying to do something for Guthrie since I was from Guthrie. So he was going to church there. And um, so when I came to North Church, um, of course, I got involved and I've been there ever since. What, uh, what's your role at North Church? Oh, wow. I um, help in any area that's needed. Um, I Right now, I help with administration and I fill in for Cody on the host team if he's out. And I also sub back in North Kids and um, help with administration. So that's what I currently do right now. Excellent. What is it uh, about North Church? What do you what do you uh, what keeps you coming back? Um, I, when I go to a church, um, I always look at the um, relationships and I've always want to hear testimonies. That's one thing that I always want to sit and listen to people give testimonies. And I heard testimony after testimony after testimony up in North Church Guthrie about how people weren't really interested in church and they came to uh, North Church and got connected and got involved and that really made me want to keep coming back and uh, just how genuine the people are there. And just, I really appreciate that. And I also um, always enjoy the messages by all the pastors. I love the energy there and their hearts are so sincere. And that's what I, I really look at when I go to a church. And I've, I've found that at North Church. That's excellent. You said you, you were, were you born in Guthrie? I was born in Oklahoma City, but I was raised in Guthrie, yes. And my okay. father was a pastor there in Guthrie. So um, been I was in Guthrie all of my life up until adulthood. So, yes, graduated in 83. And, and um, <laughs> what, didn't think I would be back there involved in the church, but I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying the uh, journey. What, uh, what church uh, did your father pastor in Guthrie? New Life. New Life Church on Harrison is where he he was the pastor there. What was it like growing up as a uh, pastor's daughter? <laughs> well, it was quite a few of us. Um, coming from a family of 13, we were always at church, always at church. So, you know, and seeing that my father had such a vision, his vision was all about love uh, for the church. And he still says that today. Um, him and my mother were very dedicated to the church. So we were at church a lot during the week, all day on Sunday. 
So, you know, it's not like that now, but. <laughs> it's pretty close though, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Did you say you had thir 13, a family of 13? I'm the 13 and I'm the eighth of the 13. You're yes. the eighth of 13. So you had 12 brothers and sisters. Six, yes, six uh, sisters, six brothers. Mm -hmm. Do you remember all their names? I won't. I won't force <laughs> you to. I won't force you to say them all right now. I don't know if I can remember fourteen people's names or twelve people's names. So I do. Pretty I'm pretty good with the names. Pretty good with the birthdays. I'm just not good with the age. I, 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 it's hard for me to keep up with everyone's age, but I, I can. So. Yeah, probably birthdays too. It's <laughs> you got a, a new birthday every month. Right. Yes. Uh, are they all around the Oklahoma area? Are they all kind of spread Pretty out? much. Uh, we only have two now, um, two brothers in Tennessee, but everyone else is here. Yes, here locally. Mm -hmm. do, they, do you see them often? Try to. Since all the COVID, no, yeah. we haven't. Like we usually have a big Christmas get together, but we didn't this year because of COVID and, you know, we're not as young as we used to be. So some of them, you know, were being mindful of their age, you know, which is okay. Now we talk all the time on the phone, uh, but just not see each other as much. Do any attend Guthrie North Church Guthrie? Do they attend? Do, do any of them attend? Um, one of my sisters, um, Claudia, she does go to OKC um, sometimes and I have one of my sisters and her daughters, they attend sometimes, uh, Kathy. So some of them do, not as much as consistently like I would mm -hmm. like for them to, but they do come, so. Yeah. What, uh, what, what has kept you tied to your faith? I mean, you know, you're, you grew up in the church and now you're here serving. You know, what is that tether that keeps you, as you, see, you hear a lot of people who grew up in the church, they, they, they kind of fade away. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they get uh, quote unquote burnt out um, or maybe they were burned in some way um, by something that happened um, or maybe they just grew up and, and, and their, you know, th their lives changed and they, they lost kind of that belief and that faith. What, what has kept you tethered? Well, I would say for me, <laughs> um, because there is a point in your life to where you do have to know God for yourself um, and I know that was something that I did early in life and I'm so thankful that I did um, I got married right out of high school and my marriage did not work and I think I experienced something mentally uh, physically and spiritually that I was not prepared for so I knew my precious mother she just kept telling me, you've got to get in your word, got to get in your word. And I did that. I, I literally did a 40 day fast and I went to the Guthrie Public Library. And at that time they had these little rooms. I don't know if they still have them, but I would take my son to school and I would go up there and stay up there all day long, just reading the Bible because I knew where I was headed and it wasn't a good place. It just wasn't a good place. So I made that connection there and built that relationship with God that I knew I needed. And that has kept me going. Now, there has been times when I've been, you know, 
frustrated with life, but I've never stopped going to church. I may have taken a break for like maybe two weeks when I've had to deal with something, but I've gotten right back in there and actually I don't even do that anymore. It's been a while since I've done that. Once you know God in a relationship, not just reading the Bible, but just spending time with him, talking to him, like he's your best friend, you know, talk to him because he'll talk back to you and he'll comfort you. He'll give you things that no human being can give you. And I know from my experience anyway, I knew what I needed and he supplied that for me and uh, gave me peace. And that's why I know I will never, ever, never, ever give God up. Never. You know, something I, 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 some people hear his voice, some people don't. I know I never, not really audibly, you know, you hear stories. Is that something that, do you hear his voice? Do I hear his voice? I'll give you an example. Um, Hetty had an accident one time and I was a sound asleep. And I, I sat up in the bed. And when I sat up in the bed, I heard his name, Greg. I mean, it was loud. And I began to pray for him and then come to find out that he had had an accident. The same thing happened with my son. He had, we, had, we were living in uh, Tennessee, Columbia, Tennessee, and he had asked to go over to some of his friends' home. And I told him, do not go over there and ride on a four-wheeler because you've never done that before. Because I knew they had several. <laughs> and I told him, do not do that. And he went over there and about seven o'clock in the morning, same thing. I sat up in my bed and I heard George. And within seconds, I started praying and I got a call letting me know he was at the hospital. The four-wheeler had went straight up and came down on his leg. And I was like, oh, no. So I got there to the um, hospital and it was pretty bad. It had tore the whole backside of his leg from one side to the other. So I say for me, now, does he have a long conversation with me? No, not like that. But I believe when he says, we'll know his voice, we know his voice and the voice of a stranger we won't follow. Now I've heard the enemy try to persuade me, you know, to do things that I know is not pleasing to God. So once you distinguish the voices, then you know, you have that relationship with him. Um, and I believe I got that too from my mother because she was, she had so many experiences like that. Like God would tell her, go in your house, your child is on the stairs, get ready to fall. And sure enough, my mother would go in there. She told us stories like that all the time. And uh, I always tell people, my mother <laughs> was one of God's biggest fans. And um, she just really taught us a lot, taught us a lot about God. And I believe the closer you get to him, you, you, you just experience things with him. Um, like I said, now he doesn't sit, talk to me and have a long conversation with me like that no but it's just times like that that I know also that I'm called to inter be an intercessor um, that he speaks to me in that way what do you mean by intercessor um when I I like to spend time praying for people when I say intercessor um when I went to Tennessee when I moved to Tennessee I've always said I wanted to start being a church to where they started out small 
and get to be have that experience to where I could see a church grow, see the leadership grow, see how church starts and how it grows. And um, I got to experience that when I went to Tennessee and the pastor that was there, she was an intercessor. And man, I had never experienced prayer like that. So when I went there, God set that up to where I was actually working with her and she had invited me over to pray in her home and at five o'clock in the morning. And we just spent time reading the word and praying and praying for people. Um, And it just really taught me a lot. And I knew then this is what I enjoy doing. I love praying for people. And, and seeing them have the victory in their lives. Because I know when I'm dealing with things, I want to have that person where I can say, will you pray for me? To have someone praying for me is a blessing for me. So I like to, so what I want. So if I want somebody praying for me, I'm going to be definitely praying for others. So. It, I think it takes a special type of person to do that. I know I'm, you know, I, I struggle with that, but I think it takes a lot of, empathy, doesn't it? Or it, it takes somebody who really cares about people to do something like that. Yeah. Well, I know for me, um, my biggest thing is to defeat the enemy. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. Um, I want to see people succeed in life with having joy and peace. Not, I'm not talking about the, the money part, but I'm talking about spiritually to have that peace of mind, knowing that they have the victory in their lives in every area of their lives. And to have that, I believe once we connect with one another, we're praying for one another. I believe that's a power packed team. When I was there, we were praying for people. I mean, in the early in the mornings and sometimes we would be there (laughs) for hours and then we would come back in the evening and pray. Especially if there was something going on, like in one of the churches that we were familiar with or um, somebody was ill, we would get together, we would call prayer. And it was just a blessing for me to see God come through and and answer prayer. And it was really encouraging for me because I had never experienced that. So when I got to experience that, it was like, wow, this is something that is more to me. It's more supernatural to me where God is like, now you're coming in supernaturally, you know, praying for people. So it was a blessing for me when you're putting away your flesh. And you're surrendering your spirit to pray for people. I want to go back to uh, to your parents. I mean, raising thirteen kids on on a pastor's <laughs> salary probably could not have been easy. Um, but tell me about them and 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 what they were like. Well, my dad says that all the time because my mother did not work, um, and he always would tell us, you know, God took care of me took care of, blessed me with a job. He worked in Keller, at Keller Williams and Edmond and uh, God promoted him and he made decent money. He really did. And he, he would say that all the time. I can recall him saying that all the time when he would be up uh, giving his messages, how God blessed him to have a, a decent job. And uh, some kind of way, God always took care of us. Though we talk about that all the time when we do get together, how people would bring food over to the house. <laughs> My mother, God gave my mother favor for sure with people because they would, people would give us clothes. And I can remember teachers just coming in, like my brothers were in competition or something with track or football. Somebody just always came and took care of us all the time. 
Now I was singing. I did more singing um, competition and band competition, but uh, my brothers and nephews, they were like in the sport. So someone always was there just blessing our family. And so I'm so thankful for that. But my dad would talk about that all the time. When he met my mother, she told her she wanted 12 children. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so he married her. He asked she, her anyway. She got, got one more children. than she wanted. Huh? Yes. <laughs> A little more than me she bargained for, I guess. <laughs> so you did singing in band camp as young. Do you still sing? I do. Still sing um, the church that I attended in uh, Tennessee. I was on the praise and worship team. I haven't got on the worship team here, um, but I've always sung. My dad writes songs, would write songs, and we've done CDs as the Coleman family singers, and I always sung, and I enjoy singing. Now, I'm not the best singer, no, but I think I can carry a tune, but I'm not the best singer, but I do enjoy worshiping the Lord. You you got me beat because I can I can I can't carry I can't carry anything much less a tune. <laughs> the Coleman Singers is that on? Can you find that on Amazon or anything? <laughs> no, no, it's not available for sale in today's market. No. All right, I'm, no. I'm, it's well, not on the internet. It's not. On it's not on Amazon. We do have CDs. Oh, okay. So reach out to Donna Cambries if you want a copy of, of the Coleman Singers. <laughs> he charges $12.99 per CD. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know so, how much my dad was actually selling those for. Yeah. But, uh, someone asked for a couple the other day, as a matter of fact, on Facebook, said that they had some and they wanted some more. Well, there you so go. that's you interesting. Might, yeah, you might a little side hustle. <laughs> but the Coleman singers, there is your are your parents uh, are they still with us or my mother is not, but my father is, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, do you see him every once in a while? I'm sure less with COVID, but yes, and I do see him. Yes. Okay. I go over there and check on him and do what I can for him. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, okay, so you graduated from Guthrie, and you said yes. you, you got married right out of high school, mm-hmm. and then you moved to, did you move to Tennessee? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what did you, what part of Tennessee, and what did you do there? I was in at Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and there I worked at a private Christian school there, and, uh, and then after that, the school closed, and I ended up working at a public school there and was very active in the church that I mentioned earlier and uh, really, really enjoyed that, that time there. And then actually ended up moving to Texas. I was there for 13 years in Tennessee and then ended up moving to Texas uh, with one of my brothers that moved there and it didn't work out for him. And then my mother got sick. So that's how I ended up back here. Hadn't planned on coming back here, but she had gotten sick and we hadn't lived here in years. So it was actually George who said, I would really like to go back and spend some time with my grandmother. Cause he moved, when we moved away, he was so young. So he said, I would just really like to go back. And so we ended up coming back, just George and I, not my ex-husband, of course, but uh, I'm glad I did. Because three years after I was here, she passed away. So I got to love on her and help take care of her for those three years and so enjoyed it. 
so enjoyed it. Yeah, you don't get those years back, do you? No, you don't. I have so many videos of her. So precious. So tell me, uh, tell me about your son George. He was born here, moved to Tennessee, Texas with you. But uh, how old is he? Tell me, tell me about him. George, you know, George has really been a blessing to me. Um, <laughs> even when he was younger, he always, always was a, um, he's a very compassionate person. Um, he, he could pick up on when someone's feeling down or never meets a stranger. Once everyone always laughing, um, will go out of his way to help people. And um, I tell him all the time, he has a, a gift to really bless people. Um, he, um, I can recall even when he was younger and I was going through some rough times and <laughs> he would just come and hug me at, at a young age and tell me it was going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay, mom. So he's always been the, um, a very caring young man and I see George doing some big things. He, he clowns me all the time. And I tell him, no, I'm not saying you're supposed to be a preacher or anything like that. I think people get it mixed up when you say God has blessed you with a gift. It doesn't mean that you have to go preach the gospel. But just be kind to people. Because that's rare these days, really. To make a person laugh and just love on a person is just rare. Genuinely, I'll say. Um, and, and George really has that about him. So I tell him all the time and young people just, you know, they just cater to it. They think he's just the coolest guy. Every school I've worked with, he's always came, you know, and got involved with the kiddos and had them doing things. So he's just really been a blessing to me. Well, I know George and I can attest to all those things. So it's yeah. not just it's not just a mother's <laughs> love. George, George is all of those things. So uh, yes. you have you have a second witness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but thank you. You're welcome. Uh, do you, you're, you're an educator. How did you get into education? <laughs> well, I uh, didn't want to get into education, actually. Um, I really wanted to get into the medical field. And uh, I thought I wanted to get into the medical field. And it's a funny story because I was in Guthrie and uh, went to be a phlebotomist at the hospital. And went in to... Uh, poked the little baby's foot when the baby was born and I couldn't do it and I about passed out. <laughs> I said, I can't do this now. I didn't have a problem with the adults drawing the blood, but the children, I just could not do it. And then I was, um, it was my junior year in high school and my teacher said, I think you would be really good working with children. And I was like, no, my mother had all these children. I was like, I don't want to be like my mother working with the kiddos because we always had children in our house 24-7 all the time. The neighborhood kids were always at our house. And I was like, I don't, that's not me. But she got me a job working with children. And I've been doing it ever since. I, like in the summer, I would try to go get a different kind of job in the medical field and I always ended up back with kiddos. So then I just pursued my education and been doing it ever since. This will be my 30th year working with kiddos. So, And where do you work? I'm at uh, Holy Trinity in Edmond. 
I would it's imagine, oh, say again. It's a Christian school okay. here in Edmond. So, and that's where I've been since I moved back here. This is my eighth year there, completing my eighth year. What do you, what do you teach? Uh, do you teach, and, and what age range? I have the little ones, the pre-K. Oh, okay. Uh, so getting them ready all. for, getting them ready for kindergarten. That's my, I like that age. Um, they keep you going. They keep you young. They challenge you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I hear older, the teachers who teach the older ones say, there's no way that I could do that. I just could not. And I look at them and think there's no way I could do the, the older ones. Now, teaching them Bible, I've, when I've been at other Christian schools, I've taught Bible. I, I enjoy that with the older ones. But no, not the uh, other subjects, no. <laughs> I enjoy like, what I do. Yeah, it seems like there'd be a lot of snots and maybe diapers. <laughs> it's probably, probably a lot of that, I would imagine. A lot well, of wifey noses. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that. The oh, ones okay. I work with, they, they are at that age to where, no, I, I don't do that. Okay. No. Yeah. I get to uh, teach them how to write their names and have their first stages of learning how to read and so it's pretty fun. I like it. Do you have a favorite book you like to teach them? Uh, a favorite book you like to read from? Um, I would say, uh, we were just talking about this the other day. Um, the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Uh-huh. Some, <laughs> some children are so funny. At that age, they think they have really bad days. I'm like, you're, you don't know what having a bad day is because <laughs> they like to say, this is the worst day ever. I'm like, you're too young for that. <laughs> so we will read that book and I get a kick out of reading that book to them. This has probably been a challenging year to be an educator uh, with um, you know COVID over the last uh, whatever it's been, I guess it's year, I mean, calendar year, but I'm not sure school year. Um, what, it, what has it been like for you uh, during this time? That is true. I mean, you can tell such a huge, huge difference. For sure, it started in March, right after spring break, and we were finishing up, you know, the school semester then and had to go online, you know, with the, the teaching. And, um, the children were used to me. So that was, it was pretty easy with that group, but this group, you know, it would be a little bit more challenging um, to get on and and trying to teach them online because, well, I'll say by now they kind of do know me, but it definitely, you could tell the stress of the parents as well um, with having to deal with things and some parents losing their jobs, having to make changes you know, and, and, and children pick up, I tell parents all the time, children can pick up on stress from parents. And uh, another thing that we've had to make changes at our school, we can't go out of our classroom like we were able to before. So we're like in a classroom all day versus to where before we were able to go for a walk or do different things, but we can't do that now. Um, and I was just talking about this today we haven't been able to go outside because of the weather the last few days. And we've been in that room 
all day. So it's like today was like, oh, it's Friday. You all do not have to come to school tomorrow or Sunday, you know, because, well, I say for me, they're only four and five. So staying in the classroom all day, you know, it, it's kind of hard. It really is. So you have to really, I know I for sure get up and have my Bible time so I can relax, you know, and, and really put God first and let him give me the peace and patience that I need to, you know, get through out the day. What do you see from the kids? Um, like you say, kids pick up on stuff. I mean, they, they may not know exactly what's going on, but they know. Right. Know, something's going on. And when all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, you have to wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask. Right. I mean, it's, and you walk around and all these people are wearing masks and it's, right. you got to be more careful. You know, kids obviously pick up on that. What do you see from the kids? What, what are they feeling? Well, um, I know for me, uh, we have like the clear shields because I was wearing my mask, but I, I told, um, uh, my principal, you know, I would rather wear the shield because they won't ever get to see a teacher smile. You know, that's something to really think about. If they're not seeing us smiling, you know, to me, that's a big thing to smile at a child and they smile back at you. So little things like that, even with the mask. Um, so I chose to wear the um, shield for most of the day. And I do put my mask on, but for most of the day when I'm talking to them, uh, talking to them, I put on my shield so that they can see me smile and they can know how much I love them. You know, that to me makes a big difference. And the school I'm at, I've had a lot of those students there. Like I said, this is my eighth year. And just coming into the school, they can't give hugs, you know, and they'll say, I just miss giving you a hug. You know, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard to uh, adapt to the changes, but I think it's getting easier, I'll say, if, if you can say that. We give the elbow. A lot of mortars will give the elbow and do the I love you. and But it's kind of hard. It really is. What advice do you give to parents who are struggling with uh, young kids at that age, you know, and um, try to explain to them what is going on and, and maybe just handling kids in this moment? Well, I know when right before school started, we kind of went over, you know, I tell parents all the time, pray with your children. You know, you'll be surprised at how that works. I, I'm the type of person where I strongly believe in prayer. And if you need to take a break, let your children go in their room, you know, you go take a break. But because you, I believe you know when you're at that point to where you just need to take a deep breath, you know. And because uh, I know for me, when I first when I first got the call about the COVID and we were shutting down, and I was kind of like, "Whoa!" Because at first, my principal was telling us that we weren't going to finish out the school year, that we were going to have our last paycheck. It was like, "Whoa!" And it was like all of a sudden, and I'm thinking, "Okay, I'm not even a parent." So I can't even imagine what the parents are dealing with. So I told my principal, I would do it for free. I said, nobody has to pay me. I'm going to pay for everything to finish out this school year. Well, it worked out. She called me a couple of days later and said, we've worked it out. You know, we're going to go ahead and finish out the school year. But the parents then were, you know, in a panic of what's going to happen. How are we going to do this? So I immediately 
was sending out. You know, I'll send out a scripture in a minute, you know, because I'm not going to give my opinion. I don't know what's going on inside their home, but I do know God works. His word works. So if you're at a Christian school, that's an advantage for us to be able to say, okay, well, let's pray. And I want them to know that I'm available to pray for them at any given time. You call me, I tell them all the time. I don't care how late it is, early in the morning. Call me, call me, and we can pray. And get your scripture to stand on. Say it out loud. I'm a big person. I like music. So I'll get me a song going and I'll worship and I'll worship and I'll worship. That's just me. What is it about the community of Guthrie um, that, you know, that you like so much? Is there, is there something about this community? Well, one thing I really enjoy, um, well, I guess it blesses me to see how Hetty has blessed, been a blessing up there and how Guthrie has been a blessing to him. Um, and I tell him all the time, you're making an impact here. So that to me is a blessing. And I've done a lot of things with him up there, uh, been involved with some of the events that he's done there. So for them to uh, just receive him so well and really encourage him to continue doing what he's doing has really been a blessing because he is all about the community. And he's le I've learned a lot from him, you know, how to be a blessing to the community. And of course, with me, being from Guthrie, <laughs> I know people there. So it's a blessing to go there and still see people. A lot of the people there are family. Um, I tell people that all the time, a lot of people in Guthrie are my family. So it's just a blessing to see community come together. Red, um, the Red Brick Nights really has been a blessing. We didn't get to do it this past year. And I was kind of disappointed about that because that was just a blessing to me to see so many people come out you know, just getting together, laughing. It's just a, a, a beautiful picture to see people coming together, just relaxing and having food and just laughing and the kiddos having a good time. It's truly a blessing. How about Hetty's transformation? You know, we, we, I talked to Hetty about this um, I don't know, a couple of months ago about, you know, but somebody who's seen him from, you know, who's known him pretty much his whole life, um, you know, maybe the way, also how the way, you know, running North Church Guthrie has, has changed him and impacted him. Yeah, he, uh, he's always had the energy. He's always had that about him. Cut up, you know, one of everyone laughing. Um, but I can recall when <laughs> he did his first message and, uh, you could see how God was coming together with, I mean, we all have that when well, we've been out, you know, in the world <laughs> and then had to kind of get knocked around to say, okay, come back to your senses now. This is not a good road to be going down. But you can just tell when he made that commitment to God, he made that commitment to God. And um, really his life just began to really show. And Greg and I have always had that relationship to where we've always, when we were together at the family gatherings, we were always, he was always cutting up. I was just always there with him. He was the one cutting up. But um, when he started talking about God and putting God first, 
and he did his message um, about having God in your life from Sunday to Sunday, you knew then, okay, God's getting ready to really do something in his life. And then here came, here comes Bernadette. It, it just all came together. All came together. And so thankful for Bernadette um, because she just really brought out even more in him. You know, I can remember when they first started their little dating. I said, ah, you two are so funny. And sure enough, they got married. <laughs> so, but I, I can tell the difference in Greg, is especially his heart, how he has such a compassion for people. He don't care where, what background they come from. He doesn't care what they've been through. His heart is sincere for people. And that is one of the main reasons why I'm just like, okay, he, Greg's, he's real. This is the real deal here. Nothing's fake about this. So it has really been a blessing to me to see how he's grown uh, so much in the Lord that um, and I know his mom is proud because she had to deal with him with all the craziness, kept us praying all the time. So <laughs> she's always grinning from ear to ear to see how God has just transformed his life. So, and he's, he's a blessing to our family. Good stuff. Um, if uh, somebody's interested in coming to North, maybe they're on the fence, uh, North Church got through, what, what advice would you give them? Or just church in general? Well, I would say, you know, and not even just come one time and say, well, I don't, I don't know that that's a, a fit for me. I would say give it more than one try and connect with people. You know, that's a big deal to me. You can't just come in and isolate yourself. Come in and and, and, and get involved, you know, um, because there's going to be someone that you'll connect with. And you don't want to do life alone. You just don't want to do that. And I always tell people, you know, just come and give it a try. And then it, come again. Once you come once, give it one more try. Because I've heard some people say, well, I came, but um, Hetty never got on the stage. And I'm like, well, though no, he's not. Because they come thinking he's going to be the one up on the stage. And it's like, well, no, but you come back. And uh, then they hear Pastor Ryder, Pastor Clint, or even Pastor Hetty give the message or Pastor Simpson. And they're like, it's always funny because I think I've heard testimonies from each pastor. It was actually Pastor Simpson or Pastor Hetty or Pastor um Rodney or Clint that got up there. So it's like, don't, don't just come one time because you definitely know that the love of God is in the house. And I believe everybody wants to know that they are loved. So the love of God is definitely there. So I would say, don't just come one time, come back again and you'll, you'll see. That's good. Final question. What, what are you grateful for? Oh, wow. I am grateful for so many things. Um, I guess right off, I would say I am so grateful that I have the relationship I do have with God. That he forgave me of my immaturity of years ago. He forgave me and showed me love like I never thought I would experience. And I'm so, so grateful for that because he gave me peace that I needed and gave me a testimony to share with people, to be a blessing to people. 
So I am very, very, very grateful for that, that he came and was my strength and my weakness. He was my song when I needed to sing. <laughs> he was just everything, everything that I needed. And he met that. He met that need for me. Donna, thank you. I, uh, I may put you on the spot here. Could you, I, do, would you want to sing us out? <laughs> can, I put you, can I put you on the spot? I, I don't have that talent. So I've asked a few people who have, who see, if, if that's too uncomfortable, we'll, we'll let it go. Corey. You got something for us? No. Okay. All right. We'll we'll let you we'll let you slide. I'll, I'll catch you at church sometime. No, we're gonna make that. Yeah, happen. you you do that, Corey. When I, when I can All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll put, we won't put you on the spot. All right. Thank, thank you, Donna. And that is our guest this week, Donna Cambrice on Sunday Stories. Thank you, Corey. That will do it for this edition of Sunday Stories. We'd love for you to follow North Church on Facebook and Instagram. North Church experiences are live streamed on Facebook and YouTube, as well as available on our website. You can find that by going to north.church. Thank you for listening, and as always, love God, love people, and follow Jesus.